0: What is going on? Theater room. Wow. I feel like I haven't done this in a while, but it's only been a week. I am sorry before we uh, jump into all the topics here. I'm sorry that we uh, skipped last week, but my beloved Rangers were uh, facing elimination, and I needed to support them 100%. I can't really focus on uh, anything else when the Ranger games around. So, I decided to give it a break, give it a week, and jump back in. It has been a while since I've done one of these by myself. It feels a little weird, but... We might have some people jump in. Unfortunately, uh, most of the, the GGen crew couldn't jump in today. And it's fine because we've got a ton to talk about. And I probably have t- too much to say about it anyway. Um, feel free if you're in the chat. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, I got it up in front of me. And uh, we'll be kind of tackling all those things. And uh, let's go from there. Let me see. Let me get um, some from visual aids for you. And since I got the Mission Impossible trailer already locked and loaded, let's go ahead and start with that one. So this is actually my first time watching this trailer. So before I hit play, uh, I'm a big fan of the Mission Impossible movies, particularly the last few of them. I like the kind of intensity, the excitement. I, you know, obviously everyone likes t- seeing Tom Cruise do these crazy stunts. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is uh, much better. This is what the the new Bond movies were striving for. Um, so they were basically just chasing these Mission Impossible movies. Uh, let's give the trailer a watch, though, because, uh, I haven't actually seen it before. And, uh, let's see what it looks like. Part one is interesting, so I guess this is going to be the last two that, uh, Tom Cruise has. Let's make that a little more even. I wonder if we're ever going to go back to, uh, like a Jason Bourne-style spy movie. Probably not. Dark Roots Creations, thank you for jumping into the chat. I'm a little scared, though, that it's a part one, because that means that they're going to try and end it at a weird time. It's going to obviously be a dark cliffhanger. You know, they don't always pull that off the right way. You think, uh, Dark Roots, uh, that they'll ever do Mission Impossible without Tom Cruise? That they'll he'll hand it off to somebody else? I know he was supposed to give it to Jeremy Renner, but obviously that didn't work out. I don't know if the Mission Impossible movies get enough credit for how good their fight scenes are too. Oh, there's the gadgets. That makes sense. Oh, that's next year. So we gotta wait till 2023 for this. I like this little rendition of the theme song. Somehow, Tom Cruise still looks good running at full speed. Now he's running through the desert. I guess they found out uh they really got tired of him running just on on rooftops. Look at that stunt. So you know he did that one for real. That's ridiculous. Dark reckoning. All right, I mean, what there's not much to say about it. It doesn't really show much of the trailer. I'm sure we'll get a, a longer trailer. What's up, Super Nintendo? I kind of agree with you if there's no Tom Cruise, I mean, is there really a mission impossible? I don't know that they can kind of carry it on without him doing the crazy stunts. That's a big draw for me. I think uh, Vin Diesel is trying to to chase that dream, but he's a little too diva-ish to do the stunts himself. So, that looks cool. I mean, it looks like more of the same, right? So, that's not a bad thing. Um, I do feel like it is starting to run its course, though. I mean, we can't have eight more of these movies. (coughs) Dark Roots, that's literally what everyone says about the final scene. You know he did that stunt. But that's one of the things that impresses us about Tom Cruise, at his age, doing stunts like that. I think uh, uh, it looks like maybe he was dropped out of a helicopter to, to perform that and then just stitched it with him riding a motorcycle or a stuntman going over the cliff. Who knows? That looks cool, though. So that's not until – does it give you a date here? I know it says next year. Oh, there you go, July 2023. I mean, we got a while to wait for that one, but uh, it'll be worth the wait, if I'm being honest, because uh, these movies are always good, and they're designed for IMAX. Tom Cruise clearly doesn't want to do anything uh, on streaming – maverick uh kind of tells you that unfortunately i didn't see maverick i'm kind of regretting it now because i keep hearing so many fantastic things about it but uh we'll have to i'll have to try and rectify that and then maybe talk about it in another episode <clears throat> i think my favorite mission impossible was ghost protocol out of all out of all the newer ones um i'm a big fan of mission impossible 3 but ghost protocol was phenomenal in my opinion what's next i mean do we have to talk about halo I don't. I really don't know if I want to talk about Halo. This is. I'm only. I'm literally gonna play the scene, the one good scene in the finale. This show was just garbage. This show had so much potential. If you haven't watched it, don't even bother. Just look up the action scenes, like the one I'm showing you. If you are gonna watch it, I'm warning you now. It's nothing like the games. If you're a fan, you thought it was great. Super Nintendo. I see. I need. To, I need. I need details. I need to know why. Oh, okay, uh, sarcasm. I gotta, I gotta learn to read sarcasm. My problem with, uh, with, with this Halo show, I don't care so much that he took the helmet off. That doesn't bother me too much, cause you know whatever they they decided to make, they went with that decision, they stuck with it. I'll give him credit. The actor was not good enough to be Master Chief. He just didn't, he didn't land like I like I kind of wanted him to, and I don't think he's a bad actor. I just think he just maybe it was miscast or. Just didn't know exactly what he was doing with the role. But there just wasn't enough action. I mean, it's an action game. And I get that they wanted to build out some story, get us to care about Master Chief or maybe some of the other uh, Spartans. But the the, the show was just too slow. You, only, you had three major action scenes involving Master Chief in the entire show. And he's the main character. He's the one we're learning about. It makes no sense that he wasn't as involved in the action. We had more action scenes with uh, Kwan Ha, whatever that character's name was, on that other planet. And what makes it even worse is that that was a horrible storyline that just slowed down the momentum of the show. And then they just dropped the storyline completely. Oh, Super Nintendo Menko's Protocol. Okay, yeah, that one was great. And I feel like I need to at least address Halo because it ended and we skipped the whole week. But... You know, I'm not going to say too much about it because it really just not good. Anyone who's watched it agrees. It's already been greenlit for a second season. I can't imagine the show did that well for another season. Uh, I almost feel like they jumped the gun because the trailers got so much hype going that they thought, oh, this is definitely going to be a, a, a winner for us. But it, it really was garbage. This scene you're seeing here is probably the best action scene in the entire show. And it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. But it's nothing special. It's, you know, and then it's my thing too. So, uh, as a spoiler for the finale, uh, basically, Master Chief is about to lose. He's about to. All the people he cares about are about to die. So he gives up his body so Cortana can take it over. Because since since she's a robot, she apparently I guess you know better reflexes and can just fight better. All right, fine, but her way of saving everybody was to control the ship remotely to lay down suppressing fires that all the people can survive and get on the ship. Why didn't she need to control his body for that? Why not just control the ship then? She should have been doing it the whole time. It just makes no sense. Dark roots it ended enough said move on. Yeah, you know what I think I'll take your advice. Uh, you know I don't want to feel like I'm flying through these topics but this this one's kind of garbage so <coughs> we'll move on. That's that. Uh, let's see next. Thor Love and Thunder, the second trailer, trailer number two. So this is the big reveal um, for Gore the God Butcher. We get to see what he looks like. We get to kind of get his whole idea, his whole plan. And for anyone who doesn't know, his whole storyline is that he basically has a shitty life. He's got a wife and kids, and they're they're starving. It's like a war-torn planet they live on. He prays and prays and prays to the gods to help them, to save them, to do anything to just make their lives a little better. And no answer. He gets no answer whatsoever. His wife dies. His, his kids die. And he just is kind of like giving up. He starts to roam the world. Excuse me. Roam his planet uh, out of just kind of frustration and kind of a loss of what to do. In that trip. This is, if I remember correctly, this is based off the comic books. In that trip, he moves. He, he stumbles across God's fighting two different gods fighting, which confirms for him that gods are real, because he just didn't know at all. And one of the gods who's about to lose the battle, basically is begging him for help, and he's kind of like, are you seriously asking me for help after you didn't help me at all? He gets the sword that we just saw. Let me rewind it a little bit. Uh, this saw, this sword here, he picks up. Um, I, I forget what they call this sword, but it's basically made out of the Venom symbiote, symbiote, however you say it. It gives him enough power where he can kill the god. And then from there, he says, you know what? I'm going to murder every friggin' god I've ever seen or heard of. And starting with those two. And he goes on a killing spree. And that leads him to fighting, uh, you know, the Thor we know. It also leads into him fighting Jane Foster's Thor, the Mighty Thor, which is a part of this movie, too. So he's a very vicious character. He looks appropriate, played by Christian Bale. He looks good. This trailer just looks, I mean, I think the trailer looks fantastic. Um, My biggest concern, though, is that they're almost making Thor more of a joke character. Um, So in Thor Ragnarok, uh, one of the issues was that even though, you know, the planet Asgard got destroyed, you almost didn't feel the stakes, mainly because we knew that it was building up towards Thanos. We don't have that kind of build up here because we don't know where this is going to be leading to um, besides just him and gore fighting. But, you know, he's almost like it's like I'm afraid of making it too comedy. You know, part of Thor's whole thing is that he, it's it's very serious stakes and he's kind of a surfer guy. I want them to keep that but, you know, do it the right way. I'm not a fan. This might be unpopular opinion. But this whole scene where he gets his clothes ripped off and everyone's just ogling him, I kind of think it's a little silly. makes him look a little stupid. Um, you know, I guess the whole point is that uh, Zeus doesn't really care. So he just kind of, you know, is, is being careless. But I do think, in just judging off this trailer alone, you see, there's a few scenes of Valkyrie fighting Gore with Zeus's lightning bolt, so that's a big hint that Zeus is probably going to get killed, and I'm sure Valkyrie will take that power or somehow, like harness it to fight. You know, there's also a big, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about how the fact the trailer starts with Korg telling the story of Thor in a similar spot to where he's meditating in the first trailer, people think that means that uh, Thor is actually going to die, which I hope he doesn't. Oh, uh, mainly because Chris Hemsworth wants to keep playing Thor. Super Tim Templo says we haven't seen Jane without armor at all in any trailer it makes me believe that she will have cancer like in the comics. I agree. It almost seems like a given at this point. Like they're almost like they're trying to keep it a secret, but there's no reason to keep it a secret because it's pretty obvious. I mean that was a main a main story point for her in the comics. And why wouldn't they do it here? And you're absolutely right. She's always in the armor. Even in the later scene with Thor with Naked Thor when you see her in Valkyrie, if you look closely, you can tell that she's got, like, pads on or the armor on under the uh, robe she has. Oh, did I miss it? Like, right there, you can, you can tell she's still wearing the armor even under that robe. So, I think the reason is she doesn't want to take it off because, you know, it'll be a big uh, a dramatic moment when she reveals that she's basically dying. Dark Darkroot says, uh, I've said it to you. I don't want this Barry and Iris thing with Thor and Jane. It's already annoying. I mean, I think it's too soon to be comparing Thor and Jane to Barry and Iris from The Flash. I, you know, at some point, if Jane turns to him and goes, you don't get it, we are Thor, I might walk out of the theater. But I don't think that's going to happen. Listen, I, I, Dave, Marvel, I've said it before many million times, they've kind of earned our trust. Uh, Takai Watiti in particular earned our trust. So th- the movie looks good. It's going to be a good movie no matter what. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm always worried that they're changing the original characters a little too much. I don't care so much that there. There's obviously this like, I hate to call it like the woke agenda, but there's obviously this push to diversify, which is fine with me. I'm all for it. You know, introduce these characters. All they they all exist from the show, from the uh, comics. So as long as you're not like making these random changes for no reason, and you're actually bringing characters in that are already established in the comics, perfectly fine with it. Um, but you know. This trailer looks good to me, but I do think it brought a little more kind of questions of to of the direction overall they're going with um, and how much, how long this can go on with Thor being like this. You know, maybe after uh, this movie, this will be his second movie as like the funnier kind of Thor. They'll kind of give him a revamp again and bring him back to the seriousness. Dark Roots says, oh, I didn't know she has cancer in the comics. Oh, Spoiler alert, uh, Dark Roots. Uh, the whole storyline in the comics is basically that she is dying of cancer. She comes across Mjolnir and gains the power of Thor. Um, when she's all powered up, it stops. You know, it stops her. She's perfectly healthy. But when like it almost in, in, uh, increases how bad the cancer hits her when she depowers. So in other words, as she's Mighty Thor, she's perfectly fine. When she goes back to Jane, she's worse than she was when she first put, uh, turned the powers on. And it becomes like a kind of a, a time bomb almost that, you know, how long is she going to keep this up for? She can't be Thor at all times in the comics. But, in, you know, in the MCU, she can be Thor the whole time. Like what's, you know, what's stopping her from just being in that mode? I'm sure they'll explain it. It'll, they'll clearly go over it. Um, but that's basically, if they go that route, that's the storyline from the comics. So I, I imagine, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end, like maybe Korg is actually telling the story of Mighty Thor. And they just changed it in the trailer to make it sound like he's telling the story of Chris Hemsworth Thor. And by the end, she's the one who dies because of the cancer. Super Nintendo says it takes away. Oh, that's what it is. That's right. You're right. It takes away all the chemo treatments. So if she went as Jane and had a whole bunch of chemo treatments and was getting better. Then became Thor. When she went back to Jane, all the progress she made goes away. So the cancer is is just going to be there. Let's see. I'm waiting. Uh. Zuplex might jump on. I'm just uh, checking my messages to see. No, nothing yet. Um yeah. So that's uh th- that's Mighty Thor or Thor 4. I think it's a uh, uh it's going to be good. That's a, almost like a guarantee. It's going to be good. But, you know, if you can't tell, I have some trepidation with some of the d- decisions they're making. Nothing super severe. Nothing super severe. But my thing is, is this like joking Thor, you know, you you probably he probably can't carry the Thor character for 10 years. You know, we're going to get tired of like the like the immaturity almost. So they did a really good job of changing his character up in Thor Ragnarok. You know, I'm OK with sticking with that for a couple more movies, but we do have to at some point kind of have him grow a little bit. Dark Root says, I hope there's more to it than that story. Well, they're, definitely, they're combining the Gore story and the Jane story, so we'll see what happens. Um, obviously the, the movies always take liberties and change things. So, you know, and it's, again, everything is, you know, slowly setting up some sort of big event. Um, I don't know if this is going to tie into anything besides maybe guardians of the galaxy three. Um, but we'll find out, I guess, when the trailer comes out. I mean, that's, this movie comes out in July, so we don't have to wait too long for that one. And now this is what I'm most excited for. If anyone, uh, anyone who really knows me knows that, uh, while I love the MCU, I love Spartacus. I love uh, Game of Thrones, you know, up until season uh, seven or probably season six. Uh, Star Wars is really where my passion lies. Super Nintendo says she may have COVID. You know what? If she has, it, it would it would fit the agenda that we keep hearing about from uh, from Disney. Another uh, another way of telling us that uh, that Disney is just kind of sold out completely. Um, but let's talk about Obi-Wan episode one and two. So I'm going to go into spoilers. I have probably a million things I could say about this. I could talk for hours about Obi-Wan. I don't want to do that, but I can. Um, I'm just going to say right off the bat, absolutely loved Episodes 1 and 2. Episodes 1 and 2, this is what Book of Boba Fett, what they, I think they thought they were going to do with Book of Boba Fett, and they definitely didn't land. This is 100% that. We didn't even see Obi-Wan turn on a lightsaber yet, and already it surpassed. In my opinion, almost every other show. I'm a big fan of the Mandalorian show, but this is just fantastic. I, I'm into it. The build up already to the this this reveal that Anakin is alive that and Obi-Wan didn't know that. I mean, I got such chills on that last scene of episode two. You know, just him whispering Anakin and just kind of seeing Anakin in the back the tank, just kind of almost like connecting with Obi Wan through the force. Oh my god. It was just so, so, so good. I, 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 can't, I can't believe uh, that we live in a world or at a time right now where we're getting a show like this. You know, it, to me, it already sucks that we only get six episodes. I don't know that they're going to be able to do it all justice. That might it, it could be good or bad. They could either fly through a lot of story in the next four episodes just to kind of get us to this confrontation with Obi-Wan and Anakin or, or Darth Vader. Um, or they could slow us down for two more episodes and then, then that last two episodes kind of r- ramp it up again. I don't know how much of Vader we're gonna see. I kind of think we're gonna see a lot, excuse me, a lot more of him than uh, maybe originally let on. One thing I did want to address, though, I got a lot of messages from friends uh, just across social media about how you know they think it's ridiculous that this Riva character, the um, uh, oh, was she the second sister? No, third sister. I can't remember what her uh, her official title was. But um, how does she know that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker? People are. I think they said eight. So eighth sister. Wait, are you talking about the episode Super Nintendo, or are you talking about her uh, designation as a sister? I can always look it up. I don't know why I'm guessing, but um, but anyway, one thing I want to point out to the world. Uh oh, she was a third sister. There's no, there was no indication in any of the movies that people are not supposed to know Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. If we remember from Episode Three. You know, he was deemed Darth Vader, and he was sent to kill the Jedi and murder so many people as Anakin Skywalker. So nobody, <coughs> excuse me, like people if if, if Obi Wan didn't beat him in that duel on Mustafar, everyone would have known it was Anakin. I don't know. I don't know where this idea that it was supposed to be some big secret came up, but you know, people know that he's Anakin Skywalker. It's not some some hidden thing. Maybe that. Maybe later on they started to try and keep it a secret, but. You know, I think the stupid decision would be if they tried to keep it a secret. Let people know. As If I'm the Emperor, I want people to know that I turned what everyone knew was the most powerful Jedi into the most powerful Sith Lord. So I don't really know where this came from. It, I don't think the fact that she knew he was Anakin had anything to do with like some sort of special knowledge that she has over anyone else. Um, on top of that, she clearly, if in case anyone missed it, Is one of those kids from the very opening of episode one. So, for those who watched, who didn't, you didn't watch, I'm going into spoilers. But for those who watched, episode one starts with an in depth, the closest look we've gotten to Order 66 happening. uh, And we see a group of young Jedi, like kids, being protected by one of their teachers while the entire Jedi temple is being ransacked by Anakin and clone troopers. It's actually a pretty brutal scene. But it's a phenomenal scene. And on, if you play Jedi Fallen Order, then you got a similar kind of vibe from that show, from that game. Um, but you feel that in this beginning of this show, 100%. So, you know, I, I just... Everything, every decision they made so far, I'm loving. I love the fact that Obi-Wan has basically kind of been living with this grief of not only failing Anakin as his teacher failing Qui-Gon because he made a promise to him, failing just all Jedi because he wasn't able to stop anything that happened. You know, he's he's determined to watch Luke, but like what's there to watch? You know, Luke is going to sit there like you know, he's not he's not showing any Jedi powers, so I love the idea that the only person who can get him off the planet was Leia. That was a big surprise, the fact that we have a kid Leia. And let's just talk about how phenomenal of an actress that kid is. I mean she's nailing the part. The writing is perfect for Leia, for like a kid Leia, but that little girl is just phenomenal in that role. Um she makes me smile at every every little joke she says. She's got the right attitude. The only, my my one complaint about the show. It's not 100% perfect. My one real complaint about the show is that the little chase scenes with the girl with Leia uh really look stupid. I don't know if it's the editing or maybe just the staging of the chases, but like it's very clear that the adults are just allowing her to run past them or gain speed on them they don't uh you know it it there's a few camera angles where it's just like just reach your hand out you could have grabbed her what, what, what are you doing um otherwise everything else is great I, I really laughed i thought it was really funny when when obi-wan is sneaking around on that planet i can't remember the name of it now and um the the alien i'm like blanking on the alien names darth maul basically his alien race shows up And uh, Obi-Wan smacks him on the head but stabs himself on one of the horns. That's such a funny little detail. Super Nintendo says, I also like the fact that he's not as in tune with the Force from not using it. And he hated the chase scenes. So, I do think Dark Roots, I do think we're going to see, we're going to maybe not see Liam Neeson come back as Qui-Gon. But we're going to hear his voice. I think he's going to have a conversation with him for sure. Which would be interesting because I would love to hear what Qui-Gon, what his thoughts are on the fact that, he was convinced Anakin was the chosen one and is going to bring balance to the Force and that he ends up be going to the dark side. I would love to hear what uh, Qui-Gon thinks about what, everything that went down. Um, I do want to say, though, so it's it's funny to me. I'm more than okay with Obi-Wan not being in tune with the Force and kind of being disconnected from it. I was saying this to Dark Roots actually earlier today, and I'll send it to some friends this weekend. It's funny to me how there was a lot of people who didn't like The Last Jedi because Luke was disconnected from the force and kind of in exile and down on himself and depressed. But it's the same storyline we got here with Obi-Wan and it doesn't seem like anybody has an issue with Obi-Wan going through that. You know, the difference I guess is that Luke chose to disconnect. Whereas here it seems like Obi-Wan has just been living so far removed from the force to protect his, like his secrecy that it's almost like the disconnect is happening naturally. Um, but it essentially is the same story. They both failed, or they feel like they failed as Jedi. So they go into exile, they go into hiding, and they no longer use the Force the way they used to. In both cases, we're going to see them reconnect with the Force, I'm sure. Um, obviously, we are, because Obi-Wan is supposed to fight Anakin or Darth Vader at some point in this show. But... Um, see super Nintendo didn't affect you I, with, with luke uh, same thing with me i didn't have a problem with it at all in my opinion i've said this live on the air before and i'll say it again i think the last jedi is one of the best star wars movies be- specifically because it did things differently than every other star wars movie um i know uh scythe if he ever jumps on uh, he's gonna fight with me on that one but it's just a it's a phenomenal movie some of the other characters i think Riva is actually so far making a great villain um, she's clearly going to be like the main villain, I guess. And Anakin will be like the main, the last boss that you face. But, um, I think she's doing a good job. She's got, a, obviously got some sort of connection with Obi-Wan and a lot of that has to do with order 66, the grand inquisitor, you know, a lot of people are upset that he got stabbed by the end of episode two. But I mean, if you follow the cartoons, you follow the comics, you know, he survives that it was just a stab in the stomach. He's not going to be dead. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, the whole point of the Grand Inquisitors is not necessarily to kill Jedi. They will if the Jedi won't, like, you know, if they fight back and all that stuff. But the whole idea is to capture them and gain information or turn them into an Inquisitor. They did it a lot with the students that survived uh, Order 66. And then anyone, you know, Obi-Wan is probably too far off. They, they probably know that he'll never uh, join them. Um, so for in his case, they're probably just going to torture him and try and kill him. But uh, you know that that's the idea. So they're not necessarily trying to kill everybody right away. Except maybe maybe it may not seem that way because Reva seems like she wants to murder everybody. But Super Nintendo says, yeah, exactly the same. The Star Pupils turned, so they felt like they failed. That's again, if you play, if you're a Star Wars fan and you haven't, you really should. Jedi Fallen Order. They just announced a sequel to that game, but the feel of this Obi Wan show is super super similar. To fall in order. You start off with a character who's a Jedi, who's living in hiding, trying not to use the powers, has to save a friend by using his powers, lets himself kind of be revealed, and then goes on the run and has to kind of protect himself. It's a phenomenal game. Dark Root says uh, exactly, and imagine how Obi Wan feels now knowing Anakin is Vader. I mean, can we talk about the acting? How good of an actor Ewan McGregor is? That scene where she says Anakin. And he, you could just, you can read on his face, the shock, surprise, the almost like sadness that he, not only that, like I feel, I almost felt like he was sad that he didn't just kill his friend because now he knows the damage he did to his friend and he somehow survived, so he probably realizes he's living this like tortured life. I mean, it was all just in his eyes. It was a phenomenal scene. And then uh, again, when it cut to Anakin in the uh, back of the tank and he just opened his eyes. Oh man, such a good freaking scene! Such a good shot! It got me so excited. I can't wait. Super Tim Tendo says I'm almost done with Fallen Order. Uh, if you, I hope you didn't spoil the ending for yourself because if you didn't avoid the end, avoid spoiling it and just experience it in all its glory. It's a, it's one of the best video game endings ever. And uh, Obi Wan is giving me the itch, so I'm probably gonna play it again because it's just, it's just that good of a game. Um, you know, it's one of the best Star Wars games out there. Dark Roots says so glad you and McGregor came back for this. 100%. I mean, he's just phenomenal and I'm actually very happy for Hayden Christensen. This is a guy that got so much hate. <coughs> so much unnecessary hate for his roles in the prequels. And yeah, listen, they weren't the, it, it, he didn't do the greatest job. He was young and he was just dealing with the writing of George Lucas. But it's nice to see him come back into this role all these years later and just step into this like love from the fans. If you didn't see them at the Star Wars celebration, I would, I would tell you to look up the video of him giving the kind of final phrase before the end of the interview and see how he, all he says is this is where the fun begins and the fans go absolutely berserk. It's a, it's a cool little just moment to see and you can kind of read it all over his face how like how much he's enjoying this. You know, this is a guy who basically gave up acting uh, because of how rough things were when Star Wars, the prequel trilogy uh, came out. And now he comes back, and I wouldn't be surprised if his love for acting just kind of reactivates. Dark Root says, Yes, Hayden is getting all the love now. You know, and, uh, you know, he's going to be in the suit for the majority of the show. I wonder how much we're going to see him outside the suit. But I mean, just again, like, like I said before, to live in a world where we're getting a show centered specifically on Obi-Wan during his time watching Luke, where we're going to see him interacting with Leia as a kid, and then interacting with Vader again before their final showdown in A New Hope is just, never thought that would happen. So this is just a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Speaking of that, there was a ton of announcements at the Star Wars celebration. Uh, We can go through them kind of now. So obviously the Obi-Wan show we're talking about now. um, It's funny, there's a scene, so he's pictured here with his blue lightsaber, but there's actually a scene where he's using a green lightsaber and we did see that he kept two different lightsabers so i wonder if he's going if that green one's going to be someone else's or if he's going if one of the ones he has happens to have a green crystal in it um and in the lore of star wars the crystals can change color depending on u- the user's connection to the force so the idea is if i made a lightsaber and it was blue i gave it to you and you had a different kind of connection with the force the the color of the lightsaber would change just automatically um it becomes red because it's basically a uh, you know full of the 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 hatred and the bleeding of the Jedi that are you that are it's being slain. Um, when it's gray, it's just because you don't you have a connection to the Force, but you're not light or dark. Purple is because you're Samuel L. Jackson. I don't know if anyone knows that. Um, some of the other things though, Andor. There was an Andor trailer that came out, and again, Dark Roots. I know you agree with me on this one, but in my opinion, Rogue One is one of the top Star Wars movies. It took a little kind of phrase from A New Hope made an entire movie out of it one of my complaints about the prequel trilogy besides like you know maybe they were a little too kiddish and all that stuff is that we never really saw the war the clone wars happen Um, we never saw any wars in general really if, if when you really go back and think about it we've seen some of our main characters do some stuff but you never see the scope of these wars these are intergalactic wars that are taking place on multiple planets and you never kind of feel that because we're always following, you know, that our tiny little group that seemed to be the only people in the entire universe. Rogue One was the first movie to feel like an actual war was happening. I love the scene when they're in that, like that, and uh, Jedha I think is the name of the planet, and the the Empire kind of starts attacking, and you kind of see civilians running and everyone just, you know, like diving for cover because no one really was expecting it. The whole finale of Rogue One. And I will fight anybody with this. is probably the best extended action scene of almost every out of every mainline Star Wars movie, from the battle on the ground in Scarif to the battle in space to the personal battles of the heroes. Like everything is just fantastic. Super Nintendo says I don't know if it's the best, but very up there for me. Empire still one for me. You know, it's hard. You know, comparing to the classics, right? Because the classics are, they're classics for a reason. Um, Empire Strikes Back is good. It's 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 a close one. <coughs> You're probably right. It's probably wrong to say it's the best, but it feels. It's one of the few battles where the Empire feels as intimidating as you. I, th- I think we were told they are seeing the those ATATs walking through the uh, the trees on Scarif, and seeing it from the ground level, so you kind of really feel the intimidation from them, is unbelievable. Um, you know, everything, even like, even like the space battle, honestly, it might be one of, in my opinion, the space battle portion of it might be the best seeing the one, uh, the star cruiser kind of be pushed into another star cruiser was just genius and original. It's just so good, but I'll never, I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget watching road one in theaters and the battles kind of coming to an end. The movies coming to an end and seeing the death star come out of hyperspace and destroy a bunch of ships. And then the the Darth Vader scene is my favorite scene in any Star Wars movie. And that's just because years and years of hearing Darth Vader is vicious and evil and scary and all that stuff, and never really seeing it built up to that moment. And with the dark hallway and the lightsaber igniting, it's just one of the best scenes ever. Uh, dark Roots, uh, you finally see, if Dark Roots creation says you finally see Vader being a badass. You don't see that in any other movie. You really don't. Again, don't spoil Jedi Fallen Order, but if you're playing it, please finish it. And uh, I hope we do see some scenes of that in uh, Obi-Wan. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know how much Darth Vader going to be in it, but I hope we see some scenes. I do hear, wait, Super Nintendo says, now I will say the Vader scene is top-notch. <laughs> and, and you came. Well, that's uh, uh, it's good to know. Um, I think a lot of people did in the theater. Uh, I've watched that scene a million times. So, you know, it's basically every single time I watch it. Um that that scene is just phenomenal. That's that's the first time we see him be a badass. Not even just a badass, though. It's more about, like... We've always heard about this, like, legend of Vader, you know? Like, it was almost like his name was whispered because people were scared. Just by hearing his name, people were scared. But we never saw why that would happen. And in this... in that, Oh, in that one scene, you can see how people might take that moment, anyone who happened to survive, and spread the word of this, like... Almost like this uh, uh, this ghost or this dark figure that just is murdering mayhem. Everyone, you know, my favorite moment, honestly, is when he lifts the one guy up on the ceiling. And as he's walking by, he just kind of cuts him real quick. And then just lets him drop while he's fucking everyone else up. It's just such a good, good, good scene. And uh, we don't get enough of that. My biggest fear is so there's a lot of rumors of a Vader show after Obi-Wan is done. Starting a show centered on Darth Vader. My biggest fear with that is that you ruin that mystique. We already know enough about him. Unless they make him, like, a main prote- uh, antagonist and we just kind of see him constantly chasing somebody and just being this, like, relentless force that won't stop coming. I don't know that we need to know, like, you know, what his day-to-day was while he was hunting down Jedi. Like, you know, we all kind of get it. That's his whole thing was if you hear whispers of a Jedi, go murder that son of a bitch. Dark Root says uh, even when he's having the convo with that other guy and he says don't choke on your ambitions, you can just feel the regret in his voice. Made his story more powerful. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, but I feel like the any sympathy we have or any you know empathy we might have for Darth Vader, we already have it. So you know, if they do a Vader show, I don't want them to try and focus on getting us to connect with him. Like we all have it already. We saw him as a kid. We saw him as a teenager. We saw him become Vader. You know, and now I all I want is for him to focus on Vader as the specter that's just gonna come. And if he shows up, it's bad news for everybody. If you watch the Clone Wars show to me that's the right way to do vader i mean he shows up a whole bunch of times and every time he does it's just there's no stopping him he's gonna get to what he wants to get to um and the only time we even actually see him get almost like staggered a little bit is when he fights ahsoka and she finally gets a hit on him which is one of the rare times she get anyone gets a hit on him and uh it's just it's just fantastic i recommend the cartoon honestly if you haven't watched it it's worth watching Root says, "Agreed. I don't need to see Vader doing paperwork. Right? That's what I'm scared of. That we're gonna, you know, it's like every time he murders a Jedi, he's got to fill out the paperwork like it's a police report. You know, we don't need to see that." So moving on from the Andor show, uh, there's Tales of the Jedi. So it's a new animated anthology series. Uh, it's basically gonna come out in tw- fall of this year, and it's basically gonna focus on I think I want to say Qui-Gon Jinn is one of the focuses, Mace Windu, basically a bunch of Jedi that. We're in the Clone Wars and just things, that some of their bigger moments that maybe we didn't get to see, that we didn't get to read, or anything like that. So this is going to be a separate, every episode is basically a separate story focusing on a different Jedi. Um, some of some of them we know already, some of them we don't. Um, I have a feeling Kyle Katarn might be in this uh, show, that might be his introduction into the current canon. Um, but like I said, Mace Windu, Qui-Gon Jinn, we're going to see episodes focus on each of them. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see an episode focused on Yoda at some point. So... that's coming out fall of this year and it looks like the animation style is going to be similar to the uh marvel what if show um you know which wasn't terrible i mean i hope that they i don't know make it a little more uh what's like it wasn't bad but that show wasn't anything special as far as animation goes like everything looked decent um so i would like to see them kind of add a little more visual flair to it um but that's still it's a cool concept and you know, I love the idea of using animated shows to kind of tell stories, one-off stories here and there that we maybe never would have seen before in live action anyway. Uh, then there was a trailer for The Bad Batch Season 2. So if you if you didn't watch Season 1, again, you know, all the animated shows are almost like guaranteed viewing if you're a Star Wars fan. Especially anything that was made with Dave Filoni out at the helm. He, he clearly knows Star Wars the same way Kevin Feige knows Marvel. He knows these characters and... He kind of knows what we want to see, and with the Bad Batch, it really helps you connect with the clone troopers in a better way. And you know, the Bad Batch is one specific set of clone troopers. Uh, It's they're worth watching. They were introduced in the Clone Wars show, and now they got their own thing. And it's a it's a it's a fantastic show. It's more um, more of like a gritty military kind of show. Again, it's all animation, and it is you know geared for kids. So you know, there's a lot of like kind of silly humor in it. But uh, as a Star Wars fan, it's worth watching. That's coming out fall of 2022 also. So that's, again, this year. So we got a, a couple things coming out already this year. Um Mandalorian Season 3. That's February 2023. So where we last left off with Mando, he basically is on his way to Mandalore in order to essentially uh, reinstate himself as an actual Mandalorian. Um He essentially lost that title because he let somebody see his face. Excuse me. Um We all know that, you know, it's not a big deal. Let them see your face. But... He still believes in that code. And uh, for anyone uh, who might say that they need to remove their helmet in order to properly act, leave <clears throat> Schreiber or Schreiber's brother. Uh, this is Pedro Pascal, and he'll have the helmet on for 99% of the show. So I'm sure by the end of this this season, maybe he'll be a little more relaxed with taking the helmet off. Um, I don't think he's going to be officially called a Mandalorian at the end of it. I think he's going to kind of realize that following that Not. not – I'm sorry. I take it back. He'll be called a Mandalorian, but he's not gonna be as into the specific religious group that he was into already. I think he'll be more like Boba. Will take the helmet off, but you know, it's just not it's not that big of a deal. That we already know that Grogu gets uh, his own armor, which is awesome. Um, I'm sure we're gonna see more and more of Grogu's fourth powers growing. Who knows what kind of cameos we're gonna get? I hope they stay away from Luke. I, I just you know. I I said it out loud. I I just don't need Luke Skywalker anymore. You know, we've seen enough of him. I feel like the Star Wars galaxy is huge, and we always focus on the same five people. Let's move on. You know, I I thought it was cool when he showed up at the end of Season 2, but I would have preferred if it was a different Jedi. You know, there's so many out there that have already been introduced in comics or books or cartoons they they could have brought in. Or, you know, here's a crazy idea. Let's make up a new character. Show us someone we haven't seen before. Give us a story we haven't seen before. It doesn't always have to fall back on a Skywalker or a Palpatine or a Solo. There are other people in this world. Mando is a brand new character, and he's quickly become one of the favorites in the Star Wars world. So that's proof that we don't need to constantly see the same characters over and over again. So I would prefer that. Um, but yeah, so this is, uh, February, 2023 season three and, uh, um, John Favreau already confirmed that they're already working on a season four. I think just kind of com- coming out with the, maybe like the storyline, uh, an overall plot, like outline for what the season's going to, going to look for. Um, but if you watch book of a fat, you also know that when Mando showed up in the last three episodes, that show went from garbage to really good. So, uh, it just kind of goes to show you how good this character is and how much they, they've are focusing on this character. He's he's the rightful owner of the dark saber, which is huge in the Star Wars world. So they've made him a pretty much a, a a mandatory character if you're into Star Wars, you have to follow him. So What else? Young Jedi Adventures. So this is an animated show coming out spring of 2023. Uh and it's basically going to it's uh, John Watts is the one who's basically um helming this show and it's essentially a group of young Jedi. I think they're all going to be around 10 years old. Kind of I'm assuming running running from uh, uh, Sith during Order 66 and uh, kind of connecting with each other, growing together, and, you know, overall just kind of getting to know each other while they're trying to survive as well. Um, now, this is going to be made for Disney and Disney Junior, Disney Plus and Disney Junior. So this is definitely going to be geared towards children. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't mean it won't be bad. It doesn't mean it won't be good, I mean. Uh, but, you know, that's coming spring. That'll be a quick one probably, a quick watch. what else oh Star Wars Visions 2 Volume 2 so if you watch Star Wars Visions Volume 1 it was basically similar to the Animatrix but for the Star Wars world Uh, it was okay there was a couple of really good episodes and a lot of kind of like boring ones Um, but each episode had its own visual style all kind of uh, inspired by different types of anime Um, so just in that regard it was an interesting show to watch and then it's Star Wars, so you know, I love all that stuff. <coughs> so keep an eye out for this one. This is spring of twenty twenty-three. This'll be uh a quick each episode was short. You know, they kind of varied. There was fifteen minute ones, it was forty minute ones, it kinda of goes all over the place. Uh nine to ten episodes. This will be the same thing. Um I think this one's gonna be anime focused as well. Um, I don't there wasn't any uh hint that it would be anything different. So uh keep an eye out for that. That's spring of next year. So, we, you know, we got time for that one. Uh, the Ahsoka show. So this is an interesting one. So we all really like Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka in Mandalorian. She also made an appearance in Book of Boba Fett. Um, we know that she's looking for Ezra, who's the one of the main characters from the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels uh, animated show. We also know that this show is going to bring characters from the Rebels show into live action. There's a few other characters from that show. Sabine Wren is one of them that they already cast that are going to be in this show. Um, Bringing those characters into live action is huge because that brings us one step closer to bringing Grand Admiral Thrawn into live action. And he's, besides Vader, one of the biggest villains in the Star Wars world. One of the more intimidating ones. He's kind of like... I kind of want to say he's like the Joker, but it really not so much in the sense that he's crazy. It's more of like he's the Joker because he's like that mastermind that's that always seems to be one step ahead of everyone else. And I feel like you know if anyone's gonna give Vader a shot at knocking knocking Vader off the crown of like best villain of Star Wars, it's Thrawn. So it's kind of long, long overdue that we get a live action version, and uh, it seems like they're building towards that. And Ahsoka is one of the more important shows in that regard. Um, on top of that, I'm sure we'll get other crossovers. I I would imagine she's gonna try and go get Mando to help her. Maybe maybe Boba Fett to help her. You know, maybe other characters like Black or stanton or whatever might help her out. Luke might show up. Um, you know, she's not she's a grey Jedi. She's not she left the Jedi Order um at the end of Clone Wars and you know, she still uses the force, she still practices and all that stuff. She's still respected as a force user, but she doesn't go light or dark, and you see that in her lightsabers because 'cause they're white. So that, this is going to be a good show for sure. This is going to be excellent. Uh, this is 2023 is coming out. They didn't really say exactly when. Um, but I know they they began, I think, filming April of this year. So it's you know should be, I would think, early 2023. What else we got? Oh, Skeleton Crews. So that's a new one with Jude Law. Darkroot says, I definitely think there will be a collab with Ahsoka. For sure there will be. I mean, that's how she was introduced. So uh, this is the Skeleton Crew. We don't know a ton about this. We just know that Jude Law is going to be in it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um it takes place during the post return of the Jedi reconstruction that follows the fall of the empire um which is the same as the Mandalorian. Um there are going to be some children here as well. Um so who knows what this is really going to this is going to go over but uh, oh maybe this is actually I'm looking here this is the one with John Watts. The other one is just a kid show then. So this is the one where John Watts is going to be helming it and you know it's a bunch of 10 to 12 year olds that are just going to have to survive after the empire goes down. Um, I do think we're seeing a lot of these shows. I like every announcement we've gotten so far, but I do think we should get a show of people that actually believe in the empire. I would love to see like a whole show focused on people who are not against them, who think they're right. And just to see it from a different perspective, uh, the star Wars acolyte, the TV series. So this is, if anyone who has been, if you've been paying attention to some of the star Wars stuff on the book world, um, the new empire, I think it's called. I could be wrong, golden empire. I forget exactly what it's called. Oh, High Republic, that's what it is. Uh, that is the new line of Star Wars stuff. It's all original ideas and original stories being told during the era of the High Republic. And the idea is that you know, none of the characters we know currently in the Star Wars world exist at this time, so it's all brand new ideas. And uh, this is our first show we're getting that takes place in that time. We've had a few books. Um, there are going to be some games that come out and I think they want to make some movies at some point. Uh, we don't know much about what's happening in this. It's basically a prequel to the prequels. This, this time frame is, you know, centuries before any of what we've seen on screen happen. So this is a, a brand new thing. I think they're going to, I, my guess they're going to take a lot of ideas from the Knights of the Old Republic games, um, and kind of bring them to the screen. But, uh, you can already see here that just the overall look is a little different. Um, and it obviously is focused on mostly on Jedi. So um, this says uh, to be determined as far as uh, when it'll be out, but they did announce they're working on it. Orlando TV series is in development. So the the big question here is uh, Kathleen Kennedy said that after Solo, they basically learned that they will not recast characters. So if they want to bring let's say like Han Solo back, it's got to be Harrison Ford. I get that people didn't go see Solo. But I think they're missing the lesson there because nobody avoided it because they chose someone else to play Han Solo. They avoided it because it was a story that we just didn't need. Nobody cared to learn any of that stuff. And I would argue that the one character that really stole the show, basically, was Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian. So if you're doing a Lando show, but you don't want to recast uh, Billy Dee Williams, then... I don't get it. Well, like you know, he did a good job, uh, uh, Donald Glover. I'm assuming that means they'll have some sort of like flash forward, flashback, where maybe the story focuses on Billy D. Williams Lando currently and cuts back to when he's younger, and they'll have Donald Glover play him then. Um, but I mean, in this particular case, I don't think there's anything wrong with letting Donald Glover take the reins and just be Lando from here from the time being. Super Nintendo says, love the core tour games. I absolutely love those games. They're my favorite Star Wars games. And if you didn't know, uh, Knights of the Republic 2 is coming out on the Switch in just a few weeks. Uh, and then you probably already know that Knights of the Republic 1 is getting a full-blown remake from the ground up for PlayStation 5. Um, which I'm absolutely getting that. That's going to be, it's a must-buy. That game is going to be amazing. I love those games. It's by far my, my favorite Star Wars game. Followed pretty closely by Fallen Order because that one's excellent too, so. Uh, let's see. We got Takayu Titi's working on a Star Wars movie. We don't know if it's a trilogy, excuse me. We don't know if it's a trilogy or not. Um, but he's doing a live action one. It's an original idea, um, so you know it's going to be kind of humorous. Uh, it'll make me laugh if he kind of combines the what we do in the shadows comedy with the Star Wars thing. That'd be kind of awesome. Um, he knows nerd properties. He knows what we like. I'm a big fan of his style of comedy, so th- it's exciting just to hear he's doing something. Um, but we had no information on it. There's no, no hints at all. So, you know, not a lot to say about it, just that it's coming. There is star Wars rogue squadron, which is, it was supposed to be a movie. I think as of right now, it still is a movie and it's just basically focused on the flight team in the, you know, on the rebel Alliance. Um, they, I could see them changing it to a show though. Uh, only cause I feel like the whole premise will lend itself better to a Disney plus show. I don't know that we need a movie. Picture – unless they go Top Gun but in the air. Maybe you get Tom Cruise to be in this one and he applies his Top Gun charm, if you will. (coughs) That one's in development. We don't know, you know, we don't know anything about this one yet. Uh, So, they, you know, here's his status unknown for Book of Boba Fett Season 2. Just let the guy die. I'm sorry. I take it back. Don't let him die. But I clearly the way – when Boba Fett showed up in Mandalorian Season 2 – it was some pretty awesome scenes. It was nice to see him in the armor. He looked badass. He's clearly the type of character where when you reveal his backstory, when you reveal when you show him um living his day-to-day, it kind of takes away the aura or the uh the mystery of in the intimidation and all that stuff. They should I don't think they should revisit Boba Fett for a full season. Instead, let him be a secondary character in other people's shows, let him show up here and there, surprise cameos. I'm not, you know, I'm not just not that interested. Mandalorian is already a better bounty hunter. You know, he's a more intimidating bounty hunter. He's a more interesting character. We don't really need to focus on Boba Fett so much. And I know if I'm a fan of the originals, people get mad, but that's just my opinion. I don't I don't really think we need to do a season two for book for Boba Fett. Uh Kevin Feige, I you know, we all know he's working on a Star Wars thing. Who knows what that's gonna be? Uh, now I wanna be excited that he's working on some sort of Star Wars thing. But, you know, the man is already handling this entire universe of Marvel stuff across Disney Plus and across the movies. And he's done an excellent job. 100%. He's done an excellent job. And I don't think he's going to slow down at all going forward. I'm a, So far, I'm a fan of almost everything that came out in Phase 4. I take it back. I am a fan of everything. Not everything was as great as I wanted it to be. But I'm a fan of everything that came out. I have faith that we're building towards something in Phase 4, 5, and 6, and so on. But, I mean, he's one person. That I don't think there's any way he could strike gold on Star Wars and the MCU. Dave Filoni is already basically doing that job on the Star Wars side. So, uh, it's a little weird that they're trying to force him now to do a Star Wars movie. To me, it's clearly a money grab. They just think that if you attach his name to something, people are going to go see it. They're probably not wrong. They probably you know they know what they're talking about. But... I would rather him focus on the MCU, continue to give us good shit there, and not worry about Star Wars so much. Uh, Then I see Untitled J.D. Dillard and Matt Owens movie, Status Unknown. Um, This, I guess, isn't an official announcement. It's just something that was rumored and is supposed to be coming out. Who knows what this is about? I'm not going to go into too much detail here, so we'll keep going. Rangers of the New Republic. So this was the show that it was supposed to have... Um, Oh, what the hell was her name? The uh UFC fighter from Mandalorian season 1. Cara I can't remember her name now. Shit, I forgot her name. She was supposed to headline this show. This was supposed to be a spin-off, but after her uh, you know, her t- her tweets and stuff that people didn't like, uh they basically fired her from Disney and uh I doubt the show is going to come out. I mean, I'm interested. I would love to see Rangers of the New Republic. I would love to see shows. Again, the more they expand the Star Wars universe. Not Rhonda. No, it wasn't Rhonda. It was the other. Uh, uh, Ronda wasn't in uh, Mandalorian. Dark Roots. What the hell was her name? All right, I'm gonna look it up now. You now you make me want to look it up. Hold on one second. Cara Dune. No, doesn't make sense. Stupid guess, Chris. Uh, let's find out. Hold on. Hold the phone, hold the phone. Oh, Gina Carano, Gina Carano—that was her name. Maybe Cara Dune was actually her character name. Um, so she was supposed to be the headliner for this show, and it was basically supposed to follow her joining the New Republic, and uh, you know, basically being like a, a police officer or a general there or whatever. Um, since she was fired. There hasn't been any new information, so the guess is that this show was canceled. I don't think you need her to keep going with the show. I would still love to be interested in seeing it a live action show about the kind of like the on the ground troopers of the New Republic. But yeah, thank you, Super Tim Tendo. I, uh took me a second, but I figured it out. Uh, but so this one right now, there's no information on it, so we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. Ryan Johnson, he was supposed to do his own Star Wars trilogy. It seems like uh, the. It seems like the world got a little um, or Disney got a little scared with the backlash he got for The Last Jedi. So they seem to have canceled it, which sucks because he was clearly trying to do new things with Star Wars. And there's nothing wrong with trying something new. Even if it doesn't work out, I'd like him to take risks. So I actually was excited for him to do his own trilogy. Maybe instead of canceling it all, instead of doing a trilogy, just let him do one one original movie for Star Wars. And just see how people how I'll respond to that. I don't see why you know they were so quick to jump the gun, but you know Hollywood is very volatile, so it is what it is. He's probably happy about that. He could do more Knives Out movies. Um, this is David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. These were famously the writers of Game of Thrones, the TV show. They clearly sucked at writing when it came to original material, so I'm glad they canceled their movie. Let's just skip that one, and that's it. Uh, There's just more Star Wars movies. I don't know that we're ever gonna get a you know, nine episode uh, saga like we did before. Um, I know Kathleen Kennedy is more concerned with doing kind of smaller things, individual movies and TV shows and telling more of a kind of connected universe type of stories, similar to how the MCU does it. Um, So, you know, we got probably a ton more Star Wars announcements that we'll get next year or the the year after that. But as you can clearly see, we just went over a ton of Star Wars stuff. There's a lot coming out for Star Wars. It's about time they're catching up with Star Wars. I feel like it's a property that was ripe. And they focused so much, like I said before, on the Skywalkers, the Solos, and the Palpatines. They kind of alienated a lot of characters, a lot of people. And now they're expanding. So... That's basically everything that uh, I wanted to talk about today. Um, I, I didn't see Maverick, like I said. Next time uh, I'll have uh, some guests on here who did watch it. We'll be able to talk about that in detail. And if you didn't know already, Stranger Things, the uh, season four part one is currently out on Netflix. I started watching it, um, but each episode is over an hour long, and uh, I already have some thoughts. But I kind of want to get further into it before I really start going you know, going into detail. Um, if you're a fan, try and watch. I'm going to try and get through at least four episodes for next week. And then next week we'll talk in detail about those. Uh, I believe the Obi-Wan show comes out on Wednesdays. So it was Friday when it first released. But I'm pretty sure the next episode is tomorrow night. Um, so I'm definitely watching that. We'll be talking about that next week. We'll do some deep dives on that one every single week. Um, so if you can keep up, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And uh, any new announcements and stuff that come out? You know, we, there's, uh, there's a ton of stuff coming out now. A ton of stuff happening. So, um yeah. GG, guys. Thanks for jumping into the chat for the, those who did. And uh, I will see you guys next week.